0: As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see Welcome to Home Group, my name is Rick Renner and I am here tonight with Sister Denise Renner. Hey, sweetheart.
1: Hello, Rick, I'm so glad to be on the Home Group. And
0: Maxime is with us.
1: And Maxime is with us.
0: Hallelujah, I'm so happy to be here. Honey, you look so pretty in that red top. I like it when you wear that. Thanks, Rick. I like red. I like those earrings. Are they big enough?
1: They're big enough. And you know what? They kind of have a pillow effect.
0: Oh, good. So you can lay your head down on your earrings. (laughs) (laughs) We're so glad you're with us tonight, home group. We love you. And we always look forward to being with you. And as I told you last night, I'm so excited that I finally have a copy of Unlikely Denise. I've waited and waited and waited.
1: I know, and I get a copy also.
0: Denise, we have several copies. I know. Actually, we don't have a lot because it's heavy, and it takes a lot to transport it from Tulsa to where we live in Moscow. Yeah. But look at this, Denise. I just got mine yesterday, and I've already read 129 pages. And the reason I'm reading it is because I want to see, is it really readable? And you know what? It is quite a story. It is amazing, Denise what God has done in our lives. And this is not just a story. There is so much teaching in this book. It is filled with teaching. My sister says it's like the spiritual Forrest Gump because it talks about history. It talks about politics. It talks about the church. It talks about spiritual experiences, obedience to the will of God. It is all in here. And guys, I wish I could just show you really up close There's 90 pages of photographs, 90 pages. And the glossary is amazing. My sister loves the glossary, me too. The glossary, it's worth the whole book just for the glossary. But you can order yours by going online at renner.org or just give us a call and we'll get it right in the mail to you. Wow.
1: Well, and Rick, I like it because You know, you can see it's kind of a big book.
0: You can lift weights with that book.
1: Yeah, then you have to get two. But uh, if you don't want to read the whole thing, then you can just go to the table of contents. Pick and and choose. Pick and choose whatever you want to read.
0: You know, some people are just interested, they're not interested about, I had six living grandmothers at one time. My grandparents were divorced so many times that between all my grandparents' there were 14 divorces. I mean, we were really a broken family, and we didn't even know it. We didn't even realize it, Denise. I remember on Christmas, it was like geriatric ministry. (laughs) We went to one old person's house and another. I had so many grandparents. It was like, will it ever end on Christmas Day, just going from one to the next to the next? I never knew who was a real grandparent, who was a step-grandparent. I mean, we just had so many grandparents. And we lived in a pretty poor area of Tulsa. We didn't know, you know, when you're poor, you usually don't know that you're poor. And all of that to me is really fascinating. My grandfather worked for P.T. Barnum. Yes, P.T. Barnum. My other grandfather was in jail with Geronimo. It's all in this book. But what most people are interested in is not all that. They're interested in how did we end up in the former Soviet Union. And that part of that book is riveting. It is amazing honey, we have been through currencies. We've been through revolutions. We've been through changes of government. We have seen so much history. It's amazing. And while my sister's children were growing up in America as regular kids, our kids were growing up wearing Soviet military uniforms, playing with, you know, Soviet things. I mean, we just took a different route. And we experienced the power of God. We've seen the dead raised. We've seen the it's it's amazing. And it's all in that book.
1: It's all in that book. And you know, there's different things in here like going to church with Russian bears and monkeys.
0: Yeah, what does that mean?
1: I mean that really happened when because we had this one location, it was right next to the circus. And and so but they use the circ our building sometimes because
0: an overflow crowd. An
1: overflow crowd. And so when when I got there to get ready for praise and worship these bears just kind of met me and Paul. as Paul and I are walking up the ramp to get on the stage, and the bears and the person are walking right back We're down. talking
0: about big Russian. How many people do you bears. know that go to church with bears?
1: Bears at your church.
0: <laughs> anyway, pr- praise God, we've had such a good we time ha- walking with we, the Lord. We have. And the reason we call it unlikely is because it's really unlikely, and God wants to give you an unlikely story too. But Denise, we got to get into the message. Oh, Okay. We're offering you right now the series called What to Do When You're Being Bombarded. And every one of these programs in the regular program this week began in St. Petersburg at a big memorial to the siege of St. Petersburg. Maxim, what is the siege of St. Petersburg?
2: That's, that's when the German troops tried to take the city and the people, they, they just fought and fought. And I... When you talk about the siege of St. Petersburg, I'm thinking about uh, one person that I knew. My parents had friends who would come to our house often. And it was an older gentleman, and I still remember his name. I was a child. And I was always looking at him when he was eating, and it always shocked me. He was in his 50s. I was a child. He was in his 50s. And he would eat whatever my Parents, you know, my mom would give him, would put a plate in front of him. He would eat. And then after he finished eating, he would take all the crumbs from the table mm-hmm. and eat them.
0: He was affected by the
2: siege. Mm-hmm. I was like, I have never seen that. Mm-hmm. I asked my mom, mom, what, I mean, nobody does it. Crumbs from the table, you don't eat them. You usually, you usually don't. And I asked my mom and she said, she said, listen, he's been, been through that siege. He knows how precious this food is.
0: Well, St. Mm-hmm. Petersburg was under attack for 900 days, more than 900 days. Altogether, between citizens and army, 3 million people died. They were cremating 8,800 people a day at the peak of the siege. People were eating wallpaper paste, wallpaper. They were eating cats, dogs, mice, cooking their shoes, cooking their, anything that they could eat because there was no food. But the amazing thing to me is the people of St. Petersburg were so heroic they refused to surrender. They just refused. They were truly amazing. And that's what you have to do when you're under bombardment. You have to decide, you know what? I'm not surrendering. I'm not yielding my territory. And if you feel that you're under attack in your marriage or with your kids or your grandkids or your finances or your health, you have to dig your heels in and say, I'm not budging. I'm not moving, even though I'm under siege. And that's why you need to hear this brand new series that comes with a terrific study guide. And you should get the book called Dress to Kill because it's about how to stand against the devil and reinforce your victory and his defeat. Denise?
1: You know, yesterday I was talking to somebody about how, how the Those who take the kingdom, the Bible says, Jesus said, they take it by force. And that, I mean, the devil wants to take whatever is good from you. He wants to take it just because he is a thief. And we have to say, no, you're not taking what I have. And those people in St. Petersburg, what an example they are to not giving up their country. Well, how important is it that we not give up the things that Jesus paid such a heavy price for to give us healing, to give us soundness of mind, to, to, to help us in our relational problems, to touch our body? How much more should we say, no, devil, you're not taking this That's from
0: right. me? Well, let's go back to 2 Timothy chapter 1 where we started yesterday where Paul's talking about the glorious gospel. And then he says in verse 11, unto this gospel I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. Most people stop right there. They say, oh, he was a preacher. He was an apostle. He was a teacher of the Gentiles. But then he adds, Un, for the which cause, because of this call on my life, because I'm appointed as a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, because of this I am suffering these things. And the word suffers the Greek word pasco, which really carries the idea of an emotional kind of suffering. He was going through something really mentally tough, physically tough as well. He was in prison in the city of Rome, and he was being charged as being one of the arsonists that burned down the city of Rome. And there was fake news all over the city of Rome. Mm -hmm. You know, today there's a lot of fake news that people believe. Mm -hmm. Well, Paul was in jail. He couldn't even defend himself. He could not say a word to defend himself, but all the social media, all the fake news of the day was saying, ah, we've apprehended one of the worst of the worst, and he's in jail. Keep him there, kill him there. And Paul was in jail, suffering, going through really a very difficult time. And he says, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. And I love that because the word ashamed means one that is red-faced. He was not embarrassed. He was not disgraced. You know why? He knew who he was. And when you're under attack and there's fake news going on, if you don't know who you are, it can really jar you. But he knew who he was, and he knew who he trusted.
1: And you know, Rick, it's so powerful. It's so powerful for us when we say, I don't care what you think. I don't care about your opinion. And you stand with the truth that God's put in your heart.
0: That's right. And Paul goes on to say, For I know whom I have believed in and persuaded Mm -hmm. that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. This verse has so many wonderful things. First of all, the word persuaded is a form of the Greek word patho. And the word patho is where you get the word for persuasion. But it means to coax someone into believing something, to sway someone from one opinion to another. And in this particular verse, Paul's in jail by himself. Who is coaxing him into believing something? Who is swaying him into believing something? He is self-talk. He's talking to himself. Sometimes it's powerful to talk to yourself. If all you do is listen to your thoughts, you'll be in trouble because your thoughts will run you all over the place. Your thoughts will run you into fear and panic. And sometimes you have to tell your brain to shut up and you have to start speaking to yourself. Mm -hmm. This is self-talk. And Paul's in jail And he is persuading himself. I am persuaded. There's no one else to talk to him. So he's talking to himself. It's going to be fine. I know whom I have believed. I don't care what the world says. I know what is the truth about me. I know whom I have believed. He's talking himself into faith. And you can do that. And then he says, and I know whom I have committed Mm. myself to. And I want to talk about that word commit. Mm. The Greek word paratheke. The word para means alongside. And the word tiki is from tithami, which means to place, put the two words together, to come alongside of something and to place something into, it can be translated to commit or to deposit. And it always reminds me when I was a kid, on Thursday nights, my dad would load us all up in the car. We'd go buy groceries in Sand Springs. And then dad would go by the Sand Springs State Bank. And daddy would make a deposit. And the deposit, what do you call that? You open it. It's like a, it's a, the depository drawer mm-hmm. was on the exterior of the big brick wall of the bank. And Daddy would open that big metal drawer and he would put his check and he would put his money uh-huh. into the deposit drawer and close it. parathiki that's the word deposit. Once you sealed it, it was safe. In fact, once Daddy sealed it, Daddy could not take it back. He could not extract it. Once it was in, It was in. That is the very image Paul uses in this verse. And it is so glorious because it means once you've placed your life in Christ, you're in. You're in. You can't even take yourself out. Once you've made that deposit of your life, you are in. The devil can't touch you. Nobody can touch you. You are deposited into Christ. He is a place of safekeeping. Amen, Denise?
1: Amen. I thought you were going to say that he committed unto us.
0: Well, that's the next verse. Oh, okay. That's the next verse. But, but
1: what we committed unto him
0: we commit, look at is it. safe. I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him mm-hmm. against that day. And then he says in the next verse, But hold fast the form of sound words, which thou have heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ. Jesus. Who is he talking to in this verse? Timothy. He's writing to Timothy. And Timothy is also under assault. Timothy's leading the church in Ephesus. And the persecution that began in Rome has now gone to all the major Roman cities. And the church in Ephesus is under assault. And Timothy has a spirit of fear. We know that because Paul says in chapter 1, verse 7, God's not given you a spirit of fear. fear, And fear throws you into panic. Fear makes you worry. It makes you fretful. It makes you irrational. And Timothy was dealing with a spirit of fear. And Paul says to Tim- Timothy, 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 hold fast. And hold fast means hold, hold fast, fast, which means you got to really make a determination to hold fast the form of sound words, which you've heard of me. Mm. Form is a Greek word, hupotoposis, from the word hupo, which means by and the word toposis, which means pattern, it's a it's a deliberate pattern that is repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated. Sound words is from the word which describes something that makes you healthy. So they're words that produce a good result, they're words that produce health. Timothy's temptation, like many people, was to say, I don't know what's going to happen to me, oh my gosh, I'm going to be killed, this situation's going from bad to worse. when you have a spirit of fear, you say a bunch of things you should not say that do not produce health. They don't produce good situations. And Paul says to Timothy, hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me. Well, Timothy had traveled with Paul and he had seen Paul be in a lot of bad situations. And Paul now is saying, Timothy, you're in a bad situation and you've got to do what you have seen me do in many bad situations. You have seen me. I'm careful with my words. I don't just say everything I think and everything I feel. I'm very careful to speak words that are going to have a good faith result. Paul knew that we get what we say. So rather than just speaking fear, which produces bad results, Paul spoke, he said words of what? Faith. Faith and love. He stayed in faith with his mouth. And when you're under assault, when you're being bombarded, don't start speaking a bunch of negativism. Keep your mouth on track. Speak words that produce good results. Denise,
1: So you've got to choose what you're going to speak. Oh,
0: it's a, 100% it's a choice.
1: Not to choose negative talk. Oh, we're not going to make it. We'll never get out of this. It's getting worse by the day. But... God is with us. I've seen what he's done before. He's the same today as he was yesterday and forever. He's not changing. I'm not moving. I'm not budging from what he's told me before. He is my God. He is my savior. He's my fortress. And with your own words, you build up your your faith.
0: And you get what you say. Mm-hmm. If you say, oh, it's going to be worse by tomorrow. Guess what? It's going to be worse by tomorrow. It really is. Oh, I've been so hurt, I can't, I can't imagine what, who, who's going to hurt me next. That's exactly what's going to happen to you. Paul was very careful to stay by words of faith and love, love, which means he was even careful to speak words of love when he was tempted to be hurt by others. He kept love in his mouth. He stayed on track in faith. He stayed on track with love. And you know what? He maintained his victory even when he was being bombarded.
1: Rick, he had a lot of reasons to not love, right?
0: Oh, my goodness. People who betrayed him, he was in jail because of betrayers. But rather than say, God's going to get him for what they did to me, he kept words of faith. He kept words of love in his mouth. I'm telling you, when you stay on track with faith words and you keep love in your mouth, you're, you are insulated from attack. Yes. It's amazing. This has been good. Maxim we haven't let you say a single word. I'm so sorry.
2: I'm so happy to be here. Do you have any comments? I'm just enjoying this home group so much.
0: Thank you, Mr. Masnikov. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, we're out of time. Thank you for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.